about to make a song called Tidal Wave. Should I do it right now? I bet. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. Bought on live, bought on live. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Never has. I like it a lot. Yeah. I got the rock in my hand, bitch. So we got a shot. They don't speak my language. We don't gotta talk. We've been gone for days and they don't gotta stop. Um, it's actually a, an interesting slash ironic day to start. We, I bumped into you in the kitchen. This house is hilarious because we, <laughs> we literally like have six grown men in here. We never see each other. Um, but I bumped into you in the kitchen. You, you uh, had mentioned this is the eight-year anniversary of that A&M Alabama game. Of the day uh, everything changed. Go into a stadium one day, come out a completely different person four or five hours later. Just kind of popped up on the old Twitter feed today, scrolling through and looking at it. And it's kind of it's kind of ironic that we uh, launch another phase, launch another mm-hmm. um, thing in life to keep going and just keep moving through and realize it's fun to look back and see how dope football was at me for me at mm-hmm. one point in time. And now getting to kind of sit back and relax and figure out what else life has to offer. Yeah, what um, what's like the main... It's the main feeling when you uh, when you see shit like that, and like when days like this come up, and obviously just you know you've had a fucking roller coaster of an experience. Uh, you know when you when you have that when you have those moments to yourself, what's the main what's that main emotion? I mean, I'm sure it's a smorgasbord of emotions, but no, not really anymore. You know, I've got to the point where I'm super comfortable with me and super comfortable with my football career and what it was. So. Yeah. I look back on it with a sense of joy that I got to, you know, have that day and do what I did on the football field. It was dope. That's why, that's why I love this. Uh, This is why I wanted to do this. I literally moved from LA, brought my whole team here to do this with you because I, I wouldn't, as a friend of yours for a long time now, we've gotten closer and closer. Um, I want people to see, I want people to see this version of you. It's, it's really interesting to see because I, I mean, I've said it before, I've said it to you a bunch, but I always wanted people to see just the unbuttoned Johnny um, and obviously somebody who's lived a life in the in the limelight uh, and subject to a lot of judgment from a lot of people just watching your decisions and being a young kid handling uh, handling what you handled. It's a it's a dope version of you to to uh, one be healthy. You know, you still just i'm the same way i'm in the same boat trying to balance partying and we have our vices you know but uh a healthy mind state version of you is is what i i'm excited to show the world and i think it's dope man i I think that's why we did this you know i think our uh you know times we've hung our mental states and places that we have on our own are, are really super aligned together and what we're learning through life right yeah guys who are in their upper 20s who are you know, have a vibe of where they want to go, but still figuring out a lot of what's going on in between it. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned and what really opened my eyes was just acceptance on what I'm doing and what I want to be doing, what I want to be doing moving forward. And that wasn't football. And when I got to that point where I kind of just let that go and let that be a great time in my life, my mindset freed and got me to a place where I can continue to try and better my mental and better myself 
without having football be the basis of all of it. What did that? F- what did that feel like uh, when? When? Uh, and I know it was, it was probably a. It wasn't a one day where you wake up and <laughs> you finally have a, have a sense of closure. I know. Was, I know you personally, and we've. I was with you through your climb. Um, you know, through the hard parts and through that climb. But what's it feel like to? Uh, to arrive at that for you, I mean, you from a guy who's had a roller coaster of emotions and a lot of highs and a lot of lows. It's got to be a, a cool feeling um, to to arrive there and say, "Hey, look, that was a chapter in my life that I'm ready to close and I'm ready to write another one." And like, look, this in itself, I think, is a part of that chapter for sure. But I think people are really interested. Like, what are you up to now? You know, like what, where, and and just be, you know share as much as you want, but I know because I've been around you a bit more and now we're living in the same house, which is exciting and dangerous for the culture. <laughs> these fucking Paradise these, Valley these people. Ch- these, these Chuck Buds have been flying around these lately. Chuck Buds have been flying. Flying off the shelves. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, what uh, What are you up to right now? Like, give us a peek into what it's like and, and what you're working on, at least in your head. Yeah, I mean, I've got to the point now where I, I've, like I said, I've got some acceptance and some openness back in my life that I don't want to play football anymore and I want it to be something else I've sat here and we've talked about this a lot but the biggest thing is I don't know exactly what I want to do bro you never know I really don't I think I'm at a point right now where I'm you know vibing things out and continuing to try and better myself in a way that when an opportunity does present itself um you know I'll know what that feels like and it'll feel right um deep down we've been talking about this for the last couple weeks that you get these feelings when good things are kind of manifesting themselves Mm -hmm. and coming to light and, uh, you know, I'm just waiting on what that's going to be for me next. And I think having this podcast, having this platform that, you know, I don't necessarily use social media or, or much of that, you know, anymore. I kind of just stay in my own lane mm-hmm. um, and fight the battles that I have every day. Because, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how smooth one day is, you know, there's a couple in a row that always seem to jump up. And, you know, I'm still just continuing to try and work on me and where my mindset's at and, and continue to educate myself in ways more so nowadays, just mentally, and how I keep my uh, keep just everything in my head from from really crossing because I think that's where I let myself down in the past. Amazing point. We talked we talking earlier, and I had no idea literally until till today when I ran into you. You mentioned like audiobooks and subconscious, and I had no fucking idea you're into that. I don't know. You probably don't see all my you never know podcasts, but we talk about it a bunch with the athletes. People come on. I love that you're on that wave. You're you're now in a phase where you're like you still have your your that childhood version of you in you. You're still a wild boy and still fun, but like you're actually like taking a step into maturity. And like in my mind, it's something that can impact tons of actual people that we're trying to touch. You know what I mean? And you said that to me, and I think that's a huge undertone of like what I think you can do from this vantage point, from this mindset that you're in now. Yeah, why does uh, why does my football story, you know, looking back at it and the people that I've, you know, garnered a fan base of, obviously loved and and liked watching me play, and it's at the point that you know, obviously it didn't go the way that I wanted it to or expected it to. But at the end of the day, everything that's happened and did happen in the past has brought me to a point where I'm here and super okay with what happened in the past, and realize that I can sit here today and say, yo, I made some really childish, stupid, and just immature decisions yeah it doesn't define me as a person moving forward or what i'm going to do as my next career path or whatever i may want it to be so i've taken a lot of the negativity that surrounded my life for so long and tried to just um 
focus in on way more positive of what's going on in my life and really whose opinion gets to me and what opinion matters in my day-to-day life and what I'm letting affect me. You know, there's certain things that you see in, in life in a position of, you know, fame that uh, you let get to you no matter, yeah. you know, who or where you are. So I've got to the point where I've just started spending a lot of this negativity and been able to get to the point where I'm cool enough with me to just block it out and, and focus on the positive that I do because there's such a ton of positive still left in, uh, in what people reach out to me or what I still have left to offer. I'm an F-less celebrity and I have those, I have those, those same battles and thoughts, you know what I mean? And I didn't have any of that, you know, downfall why everyone's watching type situation like you did. And when I hear you talk about it, it's because I have those battles still currently, like caring about what people think and not being okay with myself sometimes and wondering who, if I let, you know, my friends letting them down and all this pressure. And you were like, you said something on the deck the other night after our 15th Chug Bud and you were like, man, I could go to fucking Alaska and catch a vibe by myself tomorrow. I used to not be able to do that. I used to have to have people around me. I think that's the reason why I stuck around in L.A. for so long. We know the L.A. lifestyle and spending a long period of time there is I think when things went wrong in one aspect, you could still be out there and get some type of praise and feed your ego in a way that you felt like like shit was still all right. Do you feel like you went through an ego death of like Johnny Football, that guy and living up to, to those I think I've just learned what, what it does to me and how now how I let it affect me. I... I uh, and I've learned a lot of this through watching the Mike Tyson pod that we, that we talk about all the time is that like just the death of the ego and the death of letting go of this uh, mental idea that you're really, really special and that you're something. When in, when in reality, you know, I was lucky enough to have a ton of things go my way and, and be blessed with the talent um, that I helped, you know, create and everything happened for the right reason to get to a place. It, it doesn't make me... Um, this almost like godlike figure as people praise you as sometimes. So letting the ego go and just like completely realizing that it's cool to have those things happen, but at the end of the day, it's it's it, in the big picture, it's nothing. Preach. What was the hardest part of it all when when uh, you could feel it kind of slipping away in the sense? Were you worried about letting your family down, letting letting the the organizations down, were you letting yourself down, or was it just battling the demons of a you know addiction or whatever whatever you were addicted to at that time, whether it was the you know drinking or partying or it was just the attention and being in the because you were bro you were f- fucking a list famous you know I think it was, it's just a mix of all of it I think it was just a perfect storm to get me to a point where it corrupted me of a way I was raised from a very little age yeah I mean you were raised I met your dad you you know you're very conservative family right yeah. Texas born. Um, you know, and I'm sure that was that was a, a part of the pressures you were feeling when you were kind of coming out of your shell and going down this fast life. I mean, no one in your family's ever experienced the fast life. No, at all. nobody, nobody had really seen anything like that. And there was a social media age that not a lot like that had happened in the past either. We'd never been able to go out in your own, you know, place and home in a small town Texas or somewhere, and then end up on the internet for something that you do type of thing. So the the way that news and media kind of changed throughout the whole thing was a little nuts. But, uh, I mean, it was really just a perfect storm to where, you know, I got to a place where I, I almost disrespected everything I had ever taught and thought as a 22-year-old kid with um, what I had in life that I thought I could do it better on my own. 
you had guys like fucking Drake and LeBron and all these people, like, you know, at certain points, like, reaching out, like, trying to, you know, either usher you in the right direction or try to help you in some way. And then you said it to me, you're just like, I wasn't hearing shit. Like, no one could really say anything. Like, and I think that's part of why this sit down and this next phase is so cool because I learned it myself. Like, you have to arrive there yourself. To, to each person has their own journey of when they get there. Some, it's my sister, for example, is completely different than me in every facet of every way. She's three years younger than me. She's married, has a kid, and loves the family life that she lives. I'm 27 years old, about to turn 28, and, and still learning a lot about myself and a lot about life as, as it goes on. And I think I learned more about life through going through the hard stuff that I went through and kind of just being out on my own and going about it. But back to what you said, there was nobody at any point in time that could sit there and just tell me, and it, I was going to really resonate and listen. And I had a ton mm -hmm. of people around that uh, tried to do that and tried to help, but I was just in the in the point in my life where I thought I knew what was best. Mm -hmm. And that's the funny thing about youth and the funny thing about being in a position that you're probably um, a little bit out over your skis in. You know, I don't know if at 22 years old I was ready to walk into the world of the NFL and the big business and like really handle it like I was supposed to. Now at 27 or 28, do I feel like I can? Of course, but that's that's uh, that's not how it how it works. Looking back, and I think for the longest time, I battled with that being reality and not just accepting accepting it for what it was, having closure on that, apologizing for what's what happened and the mistakes that I made. Because at the end of the day, you know, it affected me and the people around me the hardest. You know, yeah. it's, you have to fall on your face and get back up. And there was a long point in time where I didn't really want to. Do you feel like it's something that? if you could, you'd go back and, and redo totally different? Or do you value that much what you've learned? I've gone back a lot over the last couple of years. And I think the big thing is like, I have a point in time where I was asked a series of really important questions over a couple of weeks that changed the outcome of my life for, for a long time. What do you I mean? think you know, looking back, I think there was a time where, you know, I could have stayed in school for two more years, obviously left really, really early. And I just don't think I was putting myself in a position to have a lot of success. I think the way I was living my lifestyle and the people that I had around me and what I was choosing to do, um, the only way it was ever going to go was, was, down the, was down the tracks. And you're such a fucking smart dude. So this is what I'm trying to pick at is like. Is it because in hindsight you could say that now? Or like in, in hindsight, for sure. You know, I couldn't say this the last three years <clears throat> you know I still I think I look back at it in a way of regret in a way that I was mad at myself and yeah. pissed because I didn't turn out to be what I had envisioned um growing up yeah. and I, I think now looking back at it I'm firmly like cool with I think my path in life and what I'm supposed to do and what I'm doing here on this earth there's something different than just playing football I'm a I mean I'm an avid preacher of this like what you're what you're saying fucking line like I preach this on, on when I have athletes on like it's really fucking hard nowadays to disidentify yourself from your employment. What, what, do, you, what do you do? What's the common small talk? Uh, what's up, man? What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Like, you're not what you do. Yeah, I think I've got to the point, too, where I, I, uh, you know, I don't say anything that I say now or we talk about on here in, in any sort of way as you know, preaching or telling people how to live their life or what to do. It's just... You know, if you've seen my story, if you follow my story and you've seen the rise and the fall to still be sitting here today. And for me to tell you that I'm better in my own skin and better with myself now than when I was at the top of the mountaintop speaks volumes about what I think I'm doing and the direction that I'm going, which is the right way. I think you can help a lot of people, man. I think we will help a lot of people just by you being honest. 
Um, and I think that's what, why this is so exciting. There's something cool about this ball don't lie concept with you because it's time, it's, you know, the truth will set you free, man. Once, once you can say the things that you were afraid of saying, you realize like what you were afraid of isn't as big as you thought it was. At all. And you're capable of looking it in the eye. At all. And I've got to a point where, you know, a big thing too is I've just adapted this, you know, mindset of truth. And just be honest with everybody around me, honest with myself about how I yeah. look back at my day or start my day early in the morning with certain things um, to try and stay on path of where I want to go. Right. And, uh, you know, I can only do that by being honest with the people around me and, and also myself. When you got when you got to the league, right, and you got to that phase, you made that decision. And, you know, like you said, you left a few years early, Right. Why was that? Why do you think? What was, do you remember the factors? Was it about just getting to the bag and getting to the next level? What was it? I mean, it probably had a lot to do with it, right? You, or you looked back and said, you know, for the most part, knowing what I was doing in, in my at-home life and my day-to-day -day life and being a college kid and really going out and uh, being a normal college student for the most part is like what I was doing in my weekly time. You know, I felt like this was going to be a point where I could get to a fresh start and I'd accomplish my dream, you know? I had got a chance to get drafted yeah. in the first round, and that's the only thing I'd ever wanted to do was play a professional sport growing up. And you know, there was my opportunity there. There was no, uh, there was no long term play there in it for me, and where I was at, and how quick my mind was going at that point in time. Just ninety to nothing every single day, and, and there was no, there was no real chill. No one blames you. I would, I would, I would feel the same with no, the whole world. I, and I, I think. Uh, you know, a, a huge thing is, too, I think I just took the path that was most traveled. I took the path that everybody would go down if they were in my position. I think it takes a lot more um, self-discipline, determined, more of a man to go through it and, and, and handle it the right way all the time rather than be in the position and have the platform I had and go down the uh, what I call the path most traveled, I think. Mm -hmm. I think if you put anybody in my position, they would have done what I'd done. And got into the lifestyle and this and that. And I, I look back on look back on it with regret almost that I wish I would have been strong enough um, to get through it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. I've learned that. through the failures, bro. And uh, I'm still learning through the failures every day. This is our whole you know, theme that we tell each other back and forth, the keep going motto and everything that we do is just, you know, no matter how bleak, how dark, how bad it gets, you kind of just keep pushing and you keep plugging and pick yourself up again. Trust in the universe, sir. Same universe that selected you to have these gifts that, I mean, I know I've heard you say it, but these are gifts that come from somewhere we can only, we can only hypothesize where the gifts come from. But you had a very, very rare gift. I mean, dude, what's the size of the Heisman fraternity? Yeah, How many 100, people? 100 and something, 100. Think about all the motherfuckers that ever picked up a football and had a dream to play, play the sport at a high level. You're in a fraternity of people in a few hundred out of fucking. And that's something that can never get taken away. Multi, I get to go back to every single year in, in uh, a true family-like setting for me. So, for you know, we talk about this being the eight-year anniversary of that game that changed my life and put me in a position to win that trophy. You know, for the rest of my life, I'll be able to go back with my family if I want to New York every year and duck the new person in and have uh, have that to hold on to forever for my college football days. Really fun. So when I cool. think about things like today and seeing that type of stuff, I think about, you know, being on that stage in New York the first day, coming back with your teammates after that and playing in the Cotton Bowl and coming back and playing another game, yeah. solidifying it. Let's go back to college a little bit. We talk about eight years ago tonight. 
you go in to uh, play the number one team, right? Texas A&M. Uh, you, you're at, at what what were you guys? Do you remember what you guys were ranked at that time? Were fifteen. You, fifteen. And you go in and you beat Alabama. I mean, can you put yourself back uh, eight years ago tonight? What what it was like? Yeah, it was electric. I've told people this story, you know, a lot. Looking back, I went into a stadium one day, played a game, and came out a completely different person for the rest of my life. The attention, everything that happened after that game, there was nothing before that could have ever prepared me for what that night was like. But, uh, I mean, it's just electric. You look back at eight years later, it's obviously just one football game and one of, you know, a lot that I played. But, uh, you know, that means a lot to my school. You know, that means a lot to our football program at A&M right now. The house that Johnny built. You know, a top five, uh, top five team in the country right now. So, you know, it, it means a lot to uh, to a lot of Aggies that I encounter across America, across the world. It's it's dope to be going and playing golf at different places across the country this year. And people, you know, drive across fairways to come and be like, yo, I put 10000 on that game that night and, and <laughs> caked up. And how many people, uh, it happens all the time. So it's... Uh, it's hilarious, man. It's it's such a wave. It's a energy and a vibe that you only dream about that comes around and and you know to only have a piece of that back for even a minute is is you know lit. You're not bothered by people coming up and showing love to you at all. I've uh I've accepted the fact that that's what my life's going to be like. Yeah. For the foreseeable future, whether it's 20 or 30 years or till I'm too fucking old and look like this anymore. Mm-hmm. So either way, there's going to people be people that come up and recognize me and you just accept it. And, you know, I've heard a ton of cool stories, met a ton of cool ass people off just random interaction that's in one, life. That's one thing you're fucking doing, though. Um, and one and you're a fucking you're a smart dude, bro. Like I've I've always known you as for who you are um, as a person, just like on a personality level. And you mentioned golf and you and I and I remember reaching out to you and saying, hey, like. This golf thing's cool because I was hearing through the grapevine how good you were, just like raw, but also just like you, you said something about like I'm meeting a lot of cool people and and uh, dude, there's there's a huge huge value to the next phase of your life that's being built and all of those the triumphs and you know the hard parts of your journey to here. Um, play a role in, in where you are now as a person. There's a humility to you. Um, you were always humble. You really were. Genuinely, I could say that. I would tell you. If, I would tell you if I didn't think you were. You. Were, that's why I loved you. But um, there's there's something cool happening. One, it's just innately part of your personality. But people are dying to fucking get around you and see what it's like. Go out and play. Hit hit some golf balls around. And golf. For, for I mean, most people know. There, there's a huge network within golf of people in business and a lot of business deals get made out there. There's a lot of cool people you can rub shoulders with. And I, are you doing that consciously or is it just the way the, the fucking cards fell on, on where you are now? I think I just got really lucky when I came out to Scottsdale and the people that I met and kind of took me under their wing. You know, I was a, uh, was a guy that was coming off being, um, you know, married, coming to a new place and, and trying to kind of restart and re-kickstart my life and figure out, you know, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and if this was a place I really wanted to be. And I had guys out here that kind of took me under their wing and saw that, you know, I was a place where I was trying to figure stuff out and struggling. I got really lucky. And, uh, you know, I think they got a chance to see my situation and people were placed in my life that um, helped deliver me to a place that I'm at right now. And 
the reason why I can continue to push moving forward type of thing. And, you know, I'm really thankful for that. And golf for me, the biggest thing that I've been doing with it is I still get to fulfill my passion and my love for being competitive in a sport. So not only am I getting to, you know, spend a lot of time outside, exercise, play golf, have this competitive edge with it. You know, I'm meeting good, um, great people. I'm getting a chance to meet their families. I'm getting a chance to travel around and, you know, bring three or four of my best dogs and, and go play golf places. And, uh, you know, I think it's been freeing for my mental. I think it's built my mental up. And it's something that I'm continuing to try and do um, and make sure it's almost like therapy for me. It seems, I was just going to say, it seems like around the time you started to arrive at this place, that was when you really started playing golf. I just felt myself start to change. I felt like I'm outside every day. I'm getting a good tan. I'm in the sun. You're hitting um, it a fucking I'm, mile. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting to, to go out and happy Gilmore the fuck out of the golf ball now every day. Now you're raging out there too. You have them drink. I what? mean, we're having a good time, man. Depends on where you're at. You can get into a little... Little Faderade, you know, mm -hmm. little vodka and G two action. That, that <laughs> a lot of guys. That's the drink of choice. I, I, I see it all the time. I'm not a big G two guy. I'd rather just take a little tequila. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, we have a good time out there. It's fun to kick back and relax and smoke five cigars a day and have a couple uh, have a couple Bud Lights cool. every now and then. Bud lattes. You know, being out there and being away I'm, at the same time. You know, I'm away from people. I'm away from the world. You know, I can throw my phone in my bag and pop up four hours later, and I've had a great day with, you know, maybe four people I don't even know. How hard uh, how, how hard was, was social media on you during this time? Were you, were you ever really impacted by it? or what? Everybody is. Yeah. You know, it takes a very special person to not be Does. affected by social media. It does. In, uh, in 2020. And I think I was watching the way things are going in life right now and, and in the world right now. Have a claw. You know, it's uh, social media is almost a dangerous place at times. Very dangerous. And you can use it in the right way, and you can very easily use it in the wrong way. And I, I think for a while I've just tried to stay off of it as much as I can as far as I posting and this and that because, you know, I'm uh, deep down I'm trying to still keep working on me and figuring out what I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I don't want people to see my life for a little bit, and I'm cool with that. And you're ready for that to change, in a sense, with with doing some public stuff. Yeah, like no, I just want to. I, I want to get to the point where I can, you know, share a little bit about, you know, wh how I'm seeing life right now. And I don't necessarily know if it's the right way or if there is, you know, one right way. In fact, but I feel like I've learned a lot that's put me in a really self-aware and uh, better mind state to to move forward and try and attack life. And I'm, I'm, that's all I could ask. No one for. knows what the hell we're doing. You know, like. I'd set it to you. We talk. Let's let's just jump in, man. Let's let's do the things we want to do. I know, I know the notion behind this is right because it, it connects with me. I and knowing you as a person, if I didn't think, you know, if I didn't think it could really like help people and be, I think it. Would, I think helping people is a really uplifting. I tweeted something like, "Selflessness heals the self," and like as much as this is, you're figuring out your path here. You're kind of just putting yourself out there, man. It's it's brave. Like, and I know it was a mountain you had to climb and arrive there and just be like, oh, I'm ready to share this. Like, I'm everyone, the internet warriors will have things to say, but like But that's no matter what, bro. Yeah. That's that's no matter what I do moving forward. That's that's what I've decided that it doesn't matter if I go um do volunteer work for the next 50 years of my life and work tirelessly to try and end a terrible cause or something that's going on in this world. It doesn't matter if I go do 
you know, the very highest of, of that kind of degree of something, people are always going to have something to say. You suck. You this, you that, whatever yeah, you it may could be. be playing, you could be fucking playing for my bills, man. What the fuck? And, and it's funny. And, and when, I, when I got to a point where I accepted the messages that you see and, and on social media and kind of what you filter it through to a way of where your brain doesn't even think about the negative stuff anymore and you kind of you know, get your brain to work in a way that it only focuses on the positive stuff and how you can help other people. I mean, dude, you're just a fucking good old boy, man. Yeah, I'm, I was. But you always have been. You're just a fucking good old boy. You like I think a good, I just lost my way, bro. You like I'm, a good time, man. That's it. You like a, you like a, you like a good time. You're, some people see it that way. Some people don't. But no, uh, no. I mean, dude, look. Who gives a fuck? It's not their life. You're no, the one living. No, with I, it. I live it. Like, yes, there. You know. I'm sure in your head, a, a part of the way you feel down when you were when you were feeling down was like feeling like you let people down. Like the people of Cleveland, like those are the people who are probably like, fuck you, man. We, you know, like their whole livelihood depends on like every Sunday if the Browns going to figure it out or not. You know, like there, there's an element to that. But dude, you're the one living this life. Like you have to live with these consequences. You have to pick yourself up from falling you have to do that. They go on and have their day the next day. And they, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a perspective that I think most people have. I have trouble realizing. It took me a long time, just till recently, where I was like, man, for for someone to reach out and say something negative, like, they got to be in a bad spot. They got. They can't be. They, have to be. they can't be having a great time with life. It's, it's if they're so, like, it's so funny. People, uh, you know, can obviously say certain things about the football side of things. And and one day I kind of I wake up and I like. You know, I have had this clarity where I'm looking back on things a little different. And I said to myself, well, I live my dream. I, I did it from a point where I was, you know, in elementary school, writing a dream on a piece of paper of what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I got to live that for multiple years. I got to, to do an um, amazing amount of things in my football career. I'm cool with, super cool with it. Now I want to go on and be something else and do something else amazing in life. Whatever yeah. it may be. I've been super patient in my approach of, um, not pushing and making what, you know, comes next, making myself manifest it type of thing, letting mm -hmm. just the universe around just kind of, you know, when things are right and meant to be, they'll, uh, they'll be. Forcing solutions on problems is something that I feel like he, we kind of generally do. Like your mind, your mind is wired to like, oh, it's a problem. Okay, how do we fix this? Let's think this through. What can I do? Who can I call? What? Everybody or, just thinks if their way doesn't come to fruition exactly the way that they planned it in their head that it's not right. 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 When you were now, when you got to Cleveland, and you know you entered this next phase of your life, right? This this uh, being a professional, getting paid to do your job. You know, you're you're finally on your own. You're established. You're a millionaire. Um, when you got to Cleveland. What happened? Was it a continuation of what was already happening and you just kind of spiraled and spiraled more in the sense of your decision-making? I got to a point where on like Sundays when, it, when a game day would come around, I never had that same buzz and the same excitement as I had whenever I was in college. Mm. I just like when I got to a place I had always thought I wanted to be, I opened the door and none of it was as it seemed in my head mm. or what I had dreamt of it being. And uh, I think subconsciously um, – Looking back at it now, I think I wasn't happy and, and didn't have the same love and the passion that I had for it at one point in time. I think I fell out of love with it. And then, you know, obviously me, you know, getting cut, not wanting to go back and play again, take a whole year off, you know, uh, 
um, and then go to Canada. I went back to Canada and felt the exact same way that I felt as when I was in Cleveland. I mean, look, we for those listening, we we were a part of that phase of your life. That's where we got yeah. really close. We did the comeback season thing. And <laughs> number one, <laughs> comeback season smashed it. <laughs> we were trapping out the house. I had a house in uh, Studio City, California. And look, Johnny, you know, was a buddy and would come by. Kind of got a legendary house called Stevenson Ranch out there that we've said goodbye to. Um, and uh, yeah, RIP, special place, special soil over there. Um, but, you know, you came by and we talked about this and, you you know, like for somebody who's a fucking like you're built for this shit, like you can party with the best and like you're just built in the sense of like you got a Rambo mode in you, your DNA. Like it's like probably why you're such a freak athlete in a sense where like you could do this shit, but you were doing it before that you had gotten to a point where like you were your body had changed. You were looking like I was worried about you. Right. Yeah. You come. I remember when you came, you're like, look, I'm ready to turn this shit around. I'm going to give this shit another go. I saw the twinkle in your eye. Me being a branding guy, I was talking about it. We came up with this idea for comeback season. I mean, we sold an absurd amount of, it's it's insane the amount of, the amount of people that fuck with you and fuck with you. Like, this was already after you had had your downfall, left the NFL, you know, let down, you know, the people that you feel like you might have let down, but that many people were just so ready to get behind you and get on that bandwagon again and take another ride with you. And obviously we were right there with you, helping you do it. Um, I look back at that phase as a huge point in your journey because it's like me leaving LA. Like you gotta go to know. Yeah, I felt like at that point in time, that was exactly what I wanted and what I needed to be doing. And uh you know, I've learned now that uh, that a lot of what was going on then is is uh, you know we were still just a lot of that excess fuckery type of bullshit that was still lingering around my you know whether it were my mind or mm. or actually what was in my life and uh, you know a big step of that was leaving L.A. and and when I got out of there and and um, went back and came out here and just got a fresh start right people didn't know who I was for the most part you know, I got to just completely go somewhere new and and start fresh. Um, was was crazy, crazy freeing, and and because I went and did, you know what we did with comeback season and going to Canada it was it all happened for a reason. But knowing, when you you said it earlier, Steve Steve's a needy guy, knowing uh, knowing that you still had that feeling like you didn't want to you yeah. didn't want to play same anymore. same feeling, different country, same feeling. It's a freeing. That's another level of freedom. I think that as much as it, was it painful for you to realize that second time yeah there's a lot of, there's a long time you want to hang on to it and and go on a weekend and go throw a football a couple times and be like damn still got it still mm -hmm. got it but you know everything else that went into it the daily grind and everything that that was um i just don't think i loved it anymore and i'm cool with it it's really dope man that's it's uh it, it's better to uh get to a point where you can accept it and know that those signs that i had um, are real and how I really feel and how much better and more free I felt when I accept them, accepted them as that. We make plans and God laughs. That's a quote. You can't quote. Uh, I mean, you can't. There's, there's an amazing thing to be able to write down things, manifest, make plans, set goals, and, and acquire them and reach them. It's also a really cool thing to realize that that only goes so far.
And I think that comes with adulthood and like experience and, and, uh, you know, and realizing that through, you know, those are the way, that's the way you, re you truly learn um, that like, look, you said it before, let the universe flow, man. Let it go. Like I, I could, I'm, you're blessed enough to be able to chill, get your mind right and see where the next, see where the next phase goes. And I think I'm hoping and planning to be a part of it all. Cause I, I know, I know the world uh, deserves more, more of your personality um i think they'll get a chance to see it on here i think they'll uh i mean what you expect from this podcast and what we're gonna do they're not expecting this conversation i think no i think it's just <laughs> gonna be a lot of honesty and a lot of truth about uh you know we want this to be something that's very fan interactive too we want you know yeah I, we, at, at least for you know what i'm thinking about doing with with people on here is i want you know when we did the comeback season stuff and how much interaction we got and going to college station and doing some pop-ups and like seeing uh how much people really um, supported and and liked the brand that we had. I think this is a similar way where we're going to be very They're like you, man. Yeah, no, and 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 I like, you know, the people who die hard support us because I don't necessarily in the past haven't always seen or felt that love. But when we did the comeback season stuff, when we're going to do this ball don't lie stuff, um, I think the people it resonates with is uh, is is another way that warms my soul in in a, in a, in a sense. Absolutely. Um, tell us what it was like after after the Alabama game, but not not even that night. I'm just I don't want to jump past this because I think this is one of the cooler things I'd like to know. I remember being a Duke baseball player and being the young egomaniacal kid, competitive kid that I was. I'd be like, you know, I, I you know I actually had great success one year. I was all American as a freshman, and then I you know ran into arm trouble. But I wanted to be the big man on campus, and I never could be because the fucking basketball players would walk swinging their dick swinging in the fucking at the at the bars. All the bitches, you know, I'd be talking to bitches that run right over if the fucking, you know, and I'd be like, ah, you I know, like, baseball guys get the job done too. Oh, I got the job done. <laughs> <laughs> I got the job done, but I had, to, you know, what I'm saying, like that energy in the room when it shifts because somebody walked in, you could feel that energy, like when. uh you know, like any of that. Who who played when I was there? It wasn't any huge guys that went on to have huge pro careers, I guess. But uh, you know, that when the basketball players would come in, and that's not even the point. The point is, you were that guy on like the tenth degree, like Texas A and M football. This, it's one thing to be a fucking star quarterback on campus, right? Then there's another thing to be a star quarterback, like the best college football player in the country. Cool. But there's a coolness factor that came with what happened in that time, bro. Got neighbors. Um, there's a coolness factor that, that, that came into play that like, I can't really say, I can't think off the top of my head anybody who really had that in college. Like really had that level. Like, dude, you were in college and like LeBron's wearing a Money Manziel shirt on his Instagram and like, Drake's saying your name in songs. Like, my question to you is like, can you put yourself back there and give us an uh, We're not a logistics company. Steve, <laughs> Steve's, Steve's running around breaking Steve shit. Steve got thick, bro. He's getting squeezed into the spot. Are we good? Too. Steve, sit down and relax. Sit down and relax. <laughs> Lay down. This is Steve. Lay down. Put us, okay. uh, put us in your shoes if you can. What was going on? What, like, what happened? Could you go to class anymore? Were you going to class? Um, it, got were, to, it got to the point where I couldn't go to class. It was a, uh, it was a double-edged sword a little bit though, because 
everything we did at night was on the internet the next morning. Every time. Were you worried about it then? Um, yeah, because it affected the way you live life and, and what was going on in, in my day-to-day stuff. And it, it wouldn't be more than... Um, uh, but not enough, to ch- not enough to have you not do it. Of course not. <laughs> of course <Clearly>. not. No, <laughs> for, for the time that I was in college, I lived like I was in college fully. Like it was freshman orientation, first time getting to the to the apartment. It was it was full it was full pedal the whole time. Because dude, like, look, you're from a place. I've been to Kerrville, believe it or not. You're from a place where, like, of course you wanted to go have a fucking good time when you get to Texas A and M, and you're around a bunch of bad bitches and thousands of people, and everyone wants your company, and everyone appreciates your company and wants to be around you. I mean, that's a very uh, a tough pill to swallow and just be like oh, you know what i'm gonna stay in like i'm gonna i'm not like and like i said you're a good old boy you want to get after and have a good time which i know a lot of athletes are the same way but my question is like when you, you know you started realizing you couldn't go to class what was it like when you were going out like what what can you put us there at all like i mean i can I can compare it a little bit, maybe to the tour, but on a very small level, you know, I mean, like we pretty much just bar hopped and got to, you know, go in wherever hop. we wanted to go. Yeah, but bar hop one one shot to the next, and uh, you know, I I've one one thing about me is you know I ride with my dogs the same way, you know, you ride with yours that are around here and have been around for a long time. So, you know, we had our squad and had our crew, and we went and did whatever we wanted. You know, we had nights where we. Um, throw a dart at a map and get in a car and drive straight to the airport and leave for a couple of days and just fly somewhere. Like we would just, uh, we did what we did, whatever we wanted and kind of just, just vibed it out with, with the homies from, from high school and, and enjoyed the ride of fame a little too much. Yeah. What was it like when uh, we talk about throwing a dart at a map? What was it like when you got the call from the big boy Drake and you, I remember you tell a story. You almost missed your flight to Toronto that night. Now you're a big, you're just a big Drake fan at the time. I was buying hoodies off the website, and and the guy, you know, the same way we look at when we get merch, who buys it, and what goes on. A guy pretty much recognized my name on a mailing list and reached out and said if I ever wanted to come up and meet Drake, um, that he'd make it happen. And you know, this is thank God for Instagram and Twitter back in the day when all this happened. But at the same time, like I said earlier, you know, a lot the of negative sword. came from it. So, you know, I wouldn't have made some of the relationships I made without it. But, you know, Definitely I did not. any and every single thing I could to, to make sure I made that flight to uh, to Toronto. And I, I tried to party my way out of missing it the night before. And luckily uh, made it up to Dallas. And, you know, that was a friendship that changed my life forever and got to, you know, see a, a, a lot of, uh, of amazing things in a, in a country I didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to go to. What did you, you do when you got there? Um, Go link up? I, uh, I went to Soto Soto. Um, had dinner with Drake the first night. It's what what a place Soto Soto is. I don't. That's, that's where so, I met him. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a vibe of an Italian restaurant. Big vibe. And I remember staying at like a fucking Motel Six or whatever I could afford to like stay in. And like <laughs> I love that. And uh, in Toronto, and I remember him asking me like, "Yo, so where are you staying?" And uh, I'm like, "Uh." <laughs> whatever this hotel was even called in toronto and uh you know he had his security team pretty much go to my go to my hotel grab my things and and bring it to the suite at the hazelton in yorkville which is uh is not a motel six yeah. if uh, if anybody's ever been there and 
you know, the guy for, for a long, long time showed me uh, more genuine love and, and gave me the opportunity to see things I never thought I would have got a chance to see. You know, I got a chance to go see the original Club Paradise little club that Drake had for just like him and his homies that was in like a warehouse in, in Toronto. Yeah. And it was like the last night they ever had it. I remember being a you know, Drake stan at this time, like reading October's very own .blogspot.com every week, every song, every piece of music. So, uh, you know, looking back on what I liked growing up, you know, my football career and pedestal that I was on gave me an opportunity to meet and do a lot of things I'd only ever, you know, dreamed about. I remember at a point in time, probably, you know, two years in after I won the Heisman of almost, you know, having a checklist and not being able to think of anybody that I would really, really want to meet still. In two years, probably. It's really fucking cool. I, uh, I have a lot of athlete homies who are who who took the route like anybody any grown fucking man and most athletes they have this certain vibe to them there's a competitive nature that's innate in you that makes you a great athlete but they want to go out and fucking see the sights and do the things and meet the people and talk to the girls and fuck the girls and travel there and travel there but they don't because they're taking the route where like I got to be up tomorrow to work out and I got to go do this, and I got to do that. And I didn't have that balance, bro. I wasn't good enough, and, and, you know, I think who I was as a person and who I was as an athlete, I wasn't good enough to, um, to do both. And slowly over time of letting one outweigh the other, I saw the risk of what you put into one thing, you get out. Now, going to the club and partying, I'm putting a ton into that. I'm getting a ton out. I'm going anywhere I want, partying, girls, whatever it is. I'm putting a lot into partying. I'm getting a ton out of it. I'm putting not that much into football. I'm getting shit out of it because of the time I was given and putting to both. But there's guys out there who can do both, who can yeah. party and still do this, but still to have a line. level of, of work ethic um, to, to try and be great. And uh, that's, that's something I wish I would have had um, throughout those years because it, it's doable. It is. You no, know, looking back on it, there was a lot of excess in, in one direction and, and not enough in the right direction. Yeah. What I will say is all those dudes want to know what it was like because they don't do it. They don't get to do it. Like I'm I, I have homies they they I have homies that went on and have fucking made fifty million playing the sport they play. But they know we're homies and they're like, Oh, what's he like? You know, like what's you know, they they I think that's a really you, you can't you can't put a quantitative monetary value on it, but that life experience for being true to true to yourself and what you think that you are through the right things and the wrong things. No, you can't put a monetary value on that at all. And there's a life experience value here. Um, you said it the other night. You're like, I'm fucking 28 or 27, going on 45 in the sense of experience and like what I've learned and what I've done, what I've gone through. Like, there's just you squeeze so much fucking goddamn like top tier level experiences into a 12 <laughs> into ounce a fucking, <laughs> into a fucking 16 ounce white claw guys tall boy uh you had a fucking tall boy man but it was uh i what i like to say from my vantage point of being a guy who played sports has a lot of went on to have another phase of my life um and with a lot of friends who are still in that ath athlete phase pretty much since they fucking had a dick that got hard you know like what they did was play sports and they're still doing it now yeah and they're still doing it eight to ten months out of the year 
and they got those two months where like, oh, I'm free. I could go. But, you know, I, really don't. I haven't really seen my family. And I, eh, so I'm not going to go to the France and I'm not going to go here and I'm not going to go to that because, eh, you know, and mm. and it's just like. I know, and I we're at this age in the late 20s going into, thir- like, these guys going into this, the second half of their careers, and they're itching a little bit. They're itching just a little bit, like, hmm, I spent most of my time on a grass field throwing a ball around, and, like, I got a lot of money, um, a, lot of, a lot of potentiality for freedom and experiences that I dream about doing that I'm not necessarily free to go do what I want given the schedule that it entails to be a high level athlete but what I'm saying is there's a personal experience level that you're in you're in this you're in that Heisman uh in the Heisman of like life experience and like doing crazy shit that bucket list shit it happened it happened for you you know what I mean and I think there's so much more for it to happen for you and I know I'm gonna be a friend to try to help you see all of that through you know but um, I think that's what we want for this. We want this podcast to not only continue to try and, you know, help people with a message of what we feel like we've learned, but at the same time, you know, us continuing to better ourselves and our journey of what we're trying to do moving forward. I know we're talking about in, kind of implementing the, the ball don't lie aspect to your golf games, and we had this idea for this vlog. Now, you're actually like, I, you don't fucking talk about your own skills like anyone else doesn't really, but like you're, you're an amazing golfer. Is this something you did growing up? Yeah, something I used to play. I learned at an early age. I hated it. You know, at at that point in time of my life, I was just into other things. I was into baseball. I was into football. It never really crossed my mind to do. You're an asshole and got drafted before without even playing baseball. (laughs) My one dream of getting drafted just fell short, (laughs) and he just did it just because you're Padres in like the 700th round. They just took it on like a homie pick just just for the look, right? I guess I like it. Padres like jerseys are out there. I still see them sometimes. They're pretty fire. I need one. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, yeah, the golf thing has just been something that, uh, you know, I've t- just kind of went and dove head in with and just tried to get better. And I'm competing against myself to try and get better every week. And some weeks it's going good. Some weeks it's going really shitty. And I break every club in my bag. <laughs> and uh, No, you actually do, though. I was like... I, I, no, I've broken every club in my bag <laughs> once this year already, <laughs> and uh, I currently have three irons in my bag snapped in half. Love that. So, uh, it's so, you know, we were talking earlier, it's a work in progress on the mental game, but yeah. I'm getting there. Um, but I think it's a cool, like, we're going to get into just some vlogs that you do. I think we're going to let people see what this golf lifestyle is about. I think there's a new wave of people up and coming. I see it all the time. A bunch of my friends over the years are picking up clubs and, and yeah. playing golf. And, you know, I think there's a a vibe for people to, you know, get into the game and, and see how much it's helped me. And uh, it's frustrating as shit. You know, I'm, I'm you know, not remotely happy with where I want to be in it. But, you know, it's given me something to strive for and kind of something um, to do that's helping my life for the better. I'm a, I'm a fan of... Uh... I'm a fan of where you're where you're headed and what you're thinking. I'm a fan of ball don't lie, Stevie. Me too. Me too. And I th- I think uh this will just be something we continue and continue to share. We could talk about while people are on. But I'm just excited for you to be able to release these uh release yourself into this and just I know it's been a it's been a while before you felt like you were ready to do it. So I'm excited to be a part of it, sir. Same. Let's get it rolling. Let's uh should we get a should we get a drink? Maybe we can continue later or not? 
Are, are you not? Yeah. We'll play it by ear. Love Fuck, you, sir. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs>